1: and welcome everyone to the 293rd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8 and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8 Bits. And joining me today, as is tradition, my podcast, Right I Die, the star me to my star you. You can find her on them socials at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart. How? The bloody hell?
0: Are ya? That's the noise they <laughs> made. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like (laughs) all
1: the other Pokemon, like say their name, but those guys go. Yeah, (laughs) it's the best.
0: Made me laugh every fucking time just because it didn't make sense.
1: Yeah, it's it's fantastic. But uh, you know what? They're a pretty strong water type, and uh, you know, Misty is very pro Star Me and Star You, and uh, yeah, power to those. uh, I guess rock. They almost look like rock, like starfish, don't they? Like this. Yeah, like
0: some like kind of like crystal rock kind of like combo. They have the gem right in the center so but they're a water type so yeah aren't they? yes
1: yes yes they are do you think in pokemon like if we went like real pokemon terms here like do mm. you think they'd be like like you know like a tuna farm type of thing do you think they'd farm star me and star you for those gems do you think we'd see like a um
0: oh hell yeah right what's what's it's, the like like, bearing seagull
1: right? and all those types of shows you know like um the crayfish reality shows and all those crazy fishing ones, there'd be a Pokemon one of those where they're out in the ocean trying to catch star me to, or star you to get those big rubies.
0: That's like really brutal, but it's also very, like, it's honest, like honestly true. Like, it's a giant, like, ruby gem in the middle of this mm. Pokemon. And it doesn't have eyes to look at you, to cry, to, you know, say, please don't kill me. So, yeah, you'd pretty much be good.
1: Yeah, like, there, there's a business there. Like, if we're in Pokemon world... That's what I'd be doing. I'd be I'd be farming star meat and just uh yeah selling off those rubies because uh that's that's a big ticket item.
0: It is. I'm very impressed, actually. Like there's a lot of other like morbid stories that kind of go on the background of Pokemon lore, but I I don't think you know farming gems off um the start those star type Pokemon.
1: I reckon uh, we we could see Discovery Channel are taking a lot of risks with their reality shows these days. Maybe they yeah. could do a Pokemon reality show about uh, yeah, Star Me and Star You farmers and the hardships that they face going out in the wild seas and uh, you know cruising around there and then trying to maybe sell them to sell them to some higher ups at the Indigo Plateau or something like that. But anyway. Let's uh let's try and get back on the rails here, and uh, the connective tissue there with that Starman Star you referenced ties mm. into a game that you've been playing this week.
0: Yeah, like uh, a week or so ago, they announced that they were bringing uh, two titles to the Nintendo sixty four Nintendo Switch Online service, which is mm-hmm. like essentially the N- Nintendo sixty four kind of like emulator kind of uh, library that you have access to, and one of them was Pokemon Puzzle League. Um, when I saw it, like the announcement, I was like, okay, yeah, standard. Like, I love my, you know, Tetris 9 9. Like, I like my, um, the Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine kind of like style game. So I gave it a go. I, I, I started it on Tuesday and I finished it on Wednesday. Um, and I went, I did the easy mode first. I'm like, cool. And then I did the novice, uh, no, normal. And then I did the hard mode and I completed it. And I'm like, Wow, <laughs> there's like a million and one games out here that I should be trying, and I rolled credits on Pokemon Puzzle League and Nintendo 64 game from years ago. Nicely uh, done, <laughs> but it was addictive. Like I, I really, actually, really, really enjoyed my time with it. I loved um just going through, going through the Pokemon that I know kind of thing. You know, like mm-hmm. n- not venturing too far forward into the. God knows, knows how PG many gens. yeah out there now that I have no clue about. So it was nice to have that comfort and you know what I grew up with. It was also great just hearing what I'm almost certain was just voice lines taken from the cartoon like from the the show and then they just playing randomly into the game as like <laughs> Just call out, I'm gonna win, says Ash every time. <laughs> um, but it was great. I actually had a lot of fun playing it, obviously, to finish it and roll credits on it. Um, I, I are There's a the bunch of games that I really want to try on this Nintendo 64, like Little Library on the Switch. But um, I, that was the one that kind of really captivated me and I just blasted through it. It was great. It was awesome. So I recommend it for any puzzle fans.
1: I've never played it to be honest. I've, I remember I never seeing knew this existed. pop up years ago, <laughs> and yeah, when it when it was sort of announced or reannounced, I guess you could say, as far as part of this um, N64 Switch Online uh, edition, I was like, oh yeah, that looks funky, and you know, hits those nostalgia strings, and mm. uh, maybe. But uh, I, truth be told, I don't even know where my Switch is these days. It's, it's in a cupboard here. I just need to open them <laughs> and find it, but yeah. I don't know where it is. Uh, So I will just live my Pokemon Puzzle League life through yourself and your experiences for now. But uh, yeah, rolling credits is uh, no small feat. That's for damn sure.
0: No, like I'm gonna put that feather in my hat, but I think just the more funny thing about it all is that we we we're starting to see like a plethora of incredible games coming out, uh, especially in the past week at least. Um, And that that was the poison I chose.
1: (laughs) That was the chalice you drunk from this week. Pokemon Puzzle League.
0: Yeah watch our kids um but yeah so that like uh, apart from like the occasional Fortnite, and um yeah i think that's about all the else i played this week so it was good to actually finish something
1: nice yeah it's just that sense of uh sense of achievement isn't it when you see those credits roll you're like yes i've done something today or this week i'm not and that's not me passing judgment or saying you don't do things, but like just as a general gamer, <laughs> no, as, it's a no, good feeling when you see those credits roll. It's
0: pretty fair for me as a person <laughs> that tries to avoid any story-based uh, gameplay with like linear story styles. So there's like, if there's an end to this game, I don't want to know about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you've turned over a new leaf here uh, with Pokemon Puzzle League, potentially, who knows? Maybe this is the the catalyst to many more narrative-based games uh, Walking in lockstep with yourself for the rest of the year, maybe not. Doubt. I don't know.
0: Doubt. Uh, what did you play? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, firstly, I jumped back into Apex Legends this week.
0: No, uh, a little way. bit. Yeah,
1: really? yeah, and uh, obviously we've been the the Fortnite podcast for the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. I'd say give or take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and jumping from Fortnite back to Apex was quite the experience. Uh, it is so much faster, so much sweatier, so much more intense. Mm-hmm. My heart hurts. Going from, you know, averaging a, a good few kills every game thereabouts in Fortnite to, to sort of struggling at times to to get, get one on the board in Apex in games was a bit soul-crushing. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was jumped on there. Been playing with, with a, couple of, a couple of friends, with Dave and Benno and Stevie and, and a few of the other dudes. And it's been great, but the adjustment... From not only just the configuration, as far as how the buttons play compared to a game like Fortnite, but that speed has been giving me heart palpitations. Uh, It's really fun, and like you know, it's such a great game. Like you're you're an Apex fan. Like it's such so well polished and so well realized now, and there's such a great diverse roster of characters and ways to play and everything else. So it's been fun, but it's you know like riding a bike to a degree but i guess it's like going from a two-wheeler to like a unicycle or something like i'm on this thing and i'm somehow moving the pedals but uh, i feel like i could fall off at any moment but uh it's been good i did play a little bit on pc as well as xbox and annoyingly you can't Merge your accounts to get all your characters and progression and skins. So oh. all my stuff's primarily on Xbox where PC, it's it's the, the poorer cousin as far as the, the level of um, grinding I've done, you could say. So that was a bit of a frustration. Mm. And something else that was a frustration was uh, obviously playing on Xbox. I can't get on Discord, but we'll talk more about that in a little while. So using the in-game party chat on Apex is... Yeah. Pretty shitty in comparison it's to something rough. like Fortnite.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty damn rough. Yeah, I'm actually I keep forgetting how impressive the Fortnite in game chat is actually. It's pretty it's damn. Seamless. Decent.
1: And the audio quality is great. Yeah. And you can yeah. talk all the way through the lobby. It doesn't cut when it gets to a certain load screen and drop here or there. And but Apex is fun. Uh they've they've got new events and things happening all the time. I'm yeah. not gonna pretend to be an expert at the moment as far as what's going on in there, but it was it was cool. It felt like I went from the schoolyard to the real world as far as fortnite to apex and just that just difficulty curve and that step into serious like i'm not saying fortnite's not serious but it's, it's got just, a little bit more of a casual vibe to it.
0: Yeah, it's a different, definitely a different play style. I do enjoy Apex for its fast-paced nature. I love that you can just, like, just drop and then it's just go, 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 um, which you can experience in Fortnite on, on, on the odd times, but there's definitely a lot of downtime in Fortnite, I feel. Um, yeah. Apex is just, like, you're constantly getting clipped in the head and having to heal and, you know... Um, shield batteries and all that sort of stuff so I, I still stay on top of it i still stay on top of like the esports events i think there's a tw- the twitch rivals uh next tuesday for apex mm-hmm. um so and they're fun to watch i actually really enjoy watching the um, competitive apex um leagues go off so um fun fact two aussies were in the winning team from the last one so nice it, yeah the we, we've, got you know. some,
1: we've got some talent and like I don't, like, I don't watch a ton of Twitch content, but there's a few sort of Apex streamers that, like, if I'm doing stuff on the computer, I'll have that on in the background. Yeah. And just the speed that some of these buggers can play at is absurd. And the accuracy they can fire these guns at. I'm just like, who are you? But then you realize, like, they put thousands of hours in and whatever else. So The
0: accuracy is impressive, but for me, it's the damn, like, shopping, like, the picking up of the items and dropping yeah. them. I am slow as hell. <laughs> I am so damn slow when it comes to like grabbing stuff and moving stuff around. And they just see them and they're just like click 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 that that's they've got everything and I'm just like that's what I gotta learn. Stuff aiming. Stuff's like strafing and not learning the map. I just wanna learn how to pick up and drop shit really fast. Just
1: wanna shot fast.
0: Yeah. Let me but there, There's one
1: dude, before I pivot into the other game I've been playing, that I watch a little bit called Ecstasy on uh, Twitch. And it's like E X T E S double Y. And he plays on PC, but he plays controller. But oh, he plays yeah. like, you know, the claw grip with the controller, where it's sort of a different way to hold a controller and you sort of got fingers sort of engrossing a couple of buttons it's it's like, a whole cool, thing yeah. and um he's a god he's, he's this young dude from america and he's just a god and his his camera's just focused on on his controller so you can sort of see how he's playing and he just solo drops like he'll play tri- trio's mostly and it's just him dropping in solo and he wrecks everybody all the goddamn time and the speed and the movement this guy has is absurd so if you want to to feel bad about your your skills um he's not on a team he usually just plays by himself like he's not not signed to an org he's got a good following but he's just so heckin good at apex and it just makes me feel horrible because i'll never get that good
0: yeah no i'll I'll look him up
1: but the other ditty that I, i jumped into this week that's uh included in playstation plus and obviously a sony based exclusive that's uh been getting a little bit of love since it was uh, first announced, I think four to five years or so ago now, but then only really started to gain momentum again in the last 18 months. Is a game by a French studio called Blue 12, and uh, it's been uh, published by Annapurna Interactive. And I'm talking about obviously the uh, the feline-based platform adventure game known as Stray. Uh, you know, we've been I'd say lukewarm on it since the latest wave of trailers before the game was announced. Like, it looked cute and quirky and interesting when it started to get a lot more focus, say, 12 or so months ago. But then leading up to the release this week, I certainly went from like, yeah, this is going to be great to, yeah, I don't really care. But then because it was included in PlayStation Plus, I'm like, what have I got to lose? Apart from some time, I'm already paying for this service. I haven't played much PlayStation lately, so this will give me a good excuse to jump back into that ecosystem and and fire up the old PS5. Yeah. And I am very happy that I did because this game, like I'm not a cat guy by any stretch of the imagination, but this game is just a love letter to cats. And that's a weird thing to say for a video game, or maybe not weird because we have a lot of animal-based games and pet simulators and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you, you play this nameless cat protagonist and you're cruising around this sort of semi-abandoned city like they've walled in this cyberpunk-esque uh, futuristic city all the humans um, have gone and you're just left with like this community of like companion robots that used yeah. to obviously support and help the, the humans in town and you're just trying to escape this city but also learn more about the world in itself. Obviously, the, the cat, well, it's not voiceless. Like, there's there's no voice lines. You can communicate with some of, the, some of the robots due to, like, this little technical apparatus you connect to the cat early in the piece. But you're just cruising around, living your best cat life. You're interacting with other cats. You're doing very cat-based things where you can meow and purr and claw furniture and <laughs> knock shit off as cats like to do. Yeah, and... Yeah. Um, the cute thing is, and before I started playing, I was talking to Benny about it because he was playing it before before I jumped in. Obviously, resident cat dad with uh, mm-hmm. the beautiful cat named Loki. Uh, but what you can do is when you put the cat to sleep, like to have a little cat nap, the controller starts purring like it's the cat having a sleep. So just these cute little things like that where the, the controller's like vibrating like a cat would if it's lying on you and you can hear like... Like just little cute little nods and... Uh, acknowledgements to just the way of the cat yeah. um, which is I don't know if I'm i am giving that the right explanation or the right weight but just running around with this unnamed cat it's really fun the controls are really smooth the world itself is gorgeous uh, for an indie game and for a debut indie game this is one of the better looking games I've seen on console in, in quite a while and it's really impressive what Blue, uh, what Blue 12 have done because obviously this is their their debut game, but the the I guess the amount of time they've taken into studying the mechanics and the movement and the personality of how cats would be yeah. and then deploying that into this game is testament to just maybe their love for cats. Maybe there's cat mad. I don't know if maybe Could it's be. based off one of Blue 12's uh like devs personal cats and they've sort of just seen this thing be quirky in in their studio and let's make a let's make a game about this cat I don't know but like it's super cute I'm really enjoying it it's only about a five-ish hour runtime like it's not a huge game I managed to put in about two hours or so last night before bed because I jumped in a little bit late but I wanted to sort of at least sink my cat teeth into this game Mm. Uh, so I've got something different to talk about this week but it's really great and the like that maneuverability through this this hub world where uh, some of the levels or the chapters you go through, they're very distinctive, like each of the locations are slightly different in aesthetic and give you different tweaks to the gameplay mechanic. Um, there isn't a dedicated jump button in the game, which took me by surprise for a second that you can't just be you know jumping and pounce around like a cat, but you get to certain areas that are traversable, and it gives you a button prompt, and you just press the button and you'll see the see the cat do the action,
0: which oh okay.
1: It works well. Like, it's, it's really intuitive and it's smooth and the transitions between free movement into those predetermined jumping areas is really nice. And then you've got uh, this robot drone that you're sort of cruising around with as well, your robot companion that, that's sort of working with you in parallel and, and reaching buttons and moving things and keeping track of stuff you're doing. So, it's really fun. Like, have you... I know you're the like you get a lot of these games and the exposure from these games by checking it out on like someone streaming it. Have yeah. you have you given this game any time and given it a bit of a watch?
0: Uh no. Uh, I've seen <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few little bit, like clips and a few little videos about it. I, I still agree that the world looks beautiful. Like the world looks really gorgeous and I I definitely give credit to that, but Seeing that you are a cat and it's focused around a cat, um, I just was not interested in it. Um, And as the reviews came out, any review that seemed like it was coming from a cat lover, I was like, okay, I'm probably not going to read it um, just because. Think a bit of cat bias, you reckon? A little, little cat biased. Like I can't even remember what review it was, but it said, it said. I mean there's a meow button what else could be more fantastic than that <laughs> and i was like oh no i'm you're not selling me like you you can't sell a game about a cat to like non cat lovers like just purely on like oh it's a great cat game it's loyal to cats so it's great being a cat it's like okay yeah but then what else right like what else is there so that's been my kind of angle on it, and I haven't, I still haven't really been sold on it too much. I think the fact that maybe it's a short game, um, could be a winning factor in it. Um, uh, but uh, I, I'm not rushing out to play this one anytime soon.
1: Yeah, well, if you got PS Plus, just just get it on the downloads. So at least that way you've got it in the catalog, and you're going to save yourself some money because True. I know buying the game. I think here in a in Australia, it's anywhere from forty to fifty bucks. So it's not a cheap purchase and you know for four to five hours potentially to get your cat fixed like i don't know how much replayability there is to this like it's it's quirky and cutesy and and you're living your best cat life there's some some cool exploration and platforming there's some puzzle elements in the game there is a few little action sequences where you got to fight or avoid these things i think they're called a zerk if i remember right and it's sort of like this (laughs) glowing glowing rat Oh, okay. I guess is the best way you describe it. It's like this little alien creature thing that you've got to deal with uh, because they're, they're like you know, connecting connecting to a game we spoke of a few weeks ago, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the mouses. It's sort of like that where these things just eat and devour everything. So they're sort of nice. destroying the robot population and, and just giving this, this world a bit of a hard time. So you're dealing with that at the same time as just understanding what's happened and, and why everyone's moved on and things. But the world itself, it reminds me a lot of uh, Blade Runner as far as that aesthetic and that vibe. Like we say cyberpunk, but there's just some areas you're walking in this game and I feel like I'm going to walk past Rutger Hauer or uh, Harrison Harrison Ford's going to be at a little noodle bar or something like that eating in, in the rain. But it's it's been fun. I'm going to finish it over the weekend. So I'll give my, my sort of thumbs up or thumbs down um on next week's episode but so far it's it's been really enjoyable for those couple of hours i've played it's very different to what i've played lately and i think i'm enjoying that more and and from the reviews we're seeing like with stray um at the moment on metacritic it's sitting at an 84 i don't know how much is that tight is that tied specifically to having a dedicated meow button maybe it sort of <laughs> skews those numbers a little bit but overall it's it's been a it's been a good time and a, and a good little sort of pit stop in between the usual battle royale that I've been getting amongst lately.
0: Yeah, and in the like the most you know kindest way ever, I'm just happy that people who are a fan of cats have a game that's specific for them. It's nice mm. to have something that you love and are passionate about, and then have someone out there make a immersive art form that you can experience and enjoy. So, I know I'm kind of a, on a, being a bit of a poo here, but like, please understand that. I also understand it from other people's perspectives. It's just not for me.
1: (laughs) Shout out to the term being a bit of a poo. That's something that doesn't get used anywhere near enough. I don't know where I went
0: PG, but there we (laughs) go.
1: It's so great. It's so great. But something else that's great that uh, both you and I have watched this week is obviously the return of what we do in the shadows with season four. Mm. Over here, at least in Australia, there's only two episodes out so far of season four. Mm, But I have caught both of those three out here. So oh, okay. but it's, it's by the time
0: people listen to this, there'll be three, I assume. It's been great. I I hate being so damn pessimistic on things, but I just I find it just incredible that such a weird and unusual concept that was made by a couple of dudes in New Zealand um has taken off and then not only you know done well as a movie a mockumentary movie but then was able to actually be translated into a series and still do well obviously having the original creatives attached to it is probably a benefit but you know this horrible pessimist in me is always like nah it's bound to fail it never works Mm. like you know but they just keep on just hitting goals like it's it's so good it's so fun to watch It's, it's just hilarious
1: it it is brilliant. And like like you said, it's it's awesome. Like you see what Tyker's doing with himself these days. Like he's mm. one of the the directorial heavyweights you could say in, yeah. in Hollywood these days. And obviously Jermaine Clement's been around for a good long while off Flight of the Concords originally and then uh, the what we do in the Shadows film and now and now the the TV show and, and even though we've just hit season four Last month, they already renewed it for seasons five and six. So it's awesome to know that we've got another couple of seasons to look forward to beyond this one. And mm-hmm. it's just so fun. Like, it's only like a small main cast as far as, you know, a yeah. primary four or five people. But, like, the chemistry they have and the comedic timing and it's just so, so great. And you think that... Yeah, a, a, a mockumentary about following a, a coven of vampires around would sort of uh, grow a bit long in the tooth after a season <laughs> or two, but it still keeps working. Like, it is so great, and I was just pissing myself laughing through those first few episodes and what they've done as far as the progression with, with characters. The whole Colin Robinson thing, I'm curious to see yeah. how that's all going to play out. I'm not going to spoil anything, I'm just going to mention that. But, like... Anything to do with Laszlo, I'm just all about. Like Matt Berry (laughs) is just, he is a delight in everything he does. He looks a bit thinner, by the way. He's lost a bit of weight, hasn't
0: he? I reckon he's lost weight too. Like, obviously, it doesn't really matter. But he, yeah, he does seem to have lost some weight and is a little bit like on the the leaner side. But I mean, good for him. But yeah, he's brilliant. He is just, he is just a different level of like comedic genius. Um, and delivery and uh, like timing and everything like that. He has such a such a token voice too that I just love hearing, especially with when he says something a bit more provocative. It just always is executed right. But in saying that, the whole cast, like you said, it's a very small, like you know, tight knit cast. Um, but in like they all have their unique ways of delivering and being like there's certain character traits and it never is tiresome. It's always hilarious. And they just all bring their own uniqueness into this weird storytelling. And the other brilliant thing about this is just the horror character tropes that they always usually incorporate, Mm -hmm. or let's call it more mystical, um, mystical beings and whatnot um, that they kind of incorporate into the show and have that, humor element attached to it as well so um it's great um so far yeah this new season's just been continues being amazing so
1: it's it's so fun and anyone that hasn't watched it do yourselves you don't need to watch the the original film but I'd recommend checking it out anyway just, yeah, just to just sort do of see anyway. where it began yeah but this, this show is, is one of my favorites on television and I, I was a little bit late to the party but I'm happy that you were constantly pumping its tires up and I finally jumped into it and I realized how much of a fool I was for waiting probably a season and a half before I got into it. But it's so fun and it's accessible and it's clever and as you said, just those the way they weave in uh, monster and vampire-based tropes and mythos mm-hmm. and things, it's phenomenal um, I'm loving in this season, like it's not really a spoiler, but the the attachment or, or the focus they wanna they wanna create like a, a nightclub, like you've seen in the Blade movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see what happens with that because it just I piss myself laughing every time it gets brought up in conversation in the show. And nausea is just so affixed on that idea, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what happens. And yeah, like like goddamn in the in the Vampire Council some of the people that have been in there in the last couple of seasons are not going to you know give it away because there's some great little like pop moments when you see them. Yeah. It's so good and it's so fun and yeah, it's some of the best comedy on television these days.
0: I agree. And uh, sometimes I still consider it uh, like a little underrated. I although with people within the groups genuinely enjoy it and sing its praises. I still feel like it really needs to get out there and get highlighted <laughs> just a little bit more.
1: 100%, 100%. Uh, available to watch in Australia on Binge. And where do you peak that? Is that on, is that on HBO over here? Hulu. Hulu. Hulu for the Americas and the rest of the world. I got no idea. But our two main primary hubs, <laughs> Foxtel or Binge here in Australia, Hulu in the Americanas. But uh, let's jump into a quick bit of housekeeping. Obviously, ko-fi.com forward slash we 8-bit. If you wanted to support us monetarily, you can do so over there from the low, low, low price of $1 per month. Want to get some merchandise? Shop8bit.net is the place to go to get yourself tees, hats, hoodies, and everything else in between. And we just wanted to announce our winner of our ATH-GL3 gaming headset, courtesy of those legends over at Audio-Technica, providing the best audio-based equipment in the business, check out audiotechnica.com to get yourself a headset, microphone, a turntable, in-ear, over-ear, Bluetooth, wireless, XLR, USB, you name it, they've got it. Uh, perfect way to start your podcast or content creation journey or just upgrade your general audio game there. But yeah, the winner of an ATH GL3 gaming headset Goes to at Chris got wrecked. Chris got wrecked. Slide into our DMs at We Are Eight Bit or myself at Brendan Eight Bit, so we can get your address details and get that headset sent out to you post haste. We'll have a new giveaway announced in August. So uh yeah, shout out to Chris got wrecked for the win. But let's jump into this. This week's news headlines. And the first one, Miss Hart. Good news for us, I think. A Mortal Kombat movie sequel is officially on the way via New Line Cinema. Despite a generally lackluster critical reception, the Mortal Kombat movie apparently did some big numbers for New Line, opening at number 1 in the US box office and ranking among the all-time top feature titles on HBO Max where it simultaneously released. Simon McCoyd will return to helm for uh, return to the helm for part 2, while Jeremy Slater, the head writer on Moon Knight, is also attached to handle the script. So I'm excited for this. The first well this the latest most recent movie from last year, it wasn't mm-hmm. a masterpiece. There was uh. some cool moments. I'm just hoping we actually get a fighting tournament in the yeah. sequel because that will be <laughs> goddamn nice.
0: Yeah, let's have that actual Mortal Kombat. Um, well, technically that still happened, but we know what I mean. I don't know anything about the writer for Moon Knight. I didn't watch Moon Knight, so I don't know what having that person attached adds to this announcement. Um, I do, like, even though I did say some kind of poo-poo comments about the original movie, I'm glad that the same director is attached. We're not going to kind of get any, like, like smack in the face changes where we're like going to feel like these are two separate movies um i hope to see a lot of returning characters actors and all that sort of business um the most common comment that i saw based on this announcement was just make it a whole movie of kano um so yeah <laughs> but, yeah, it's a- yeah gotta so, be interesting uh, it should be interesting to see who they uh, um bring on as johnny cage
1: yeah, yeah, cuz obviously that was the you know, loose spoiler but not really pivotal to the to the overall storyline in the first one, but it does end with a big Johnny Cage reference. So I'm assuming that'll be a big vocal focal point for Mortal Kombat 2 or whatever they're going to call this call this film. Yeah, so Simon McCoy coming back is good. So he's an Aussie-based uh director and and Mortal Kombat was his first ever actual film. So It's nice to see that he's getting another crack and another go around at at this franchise that he's part of. He did a lot of advertisements and things
0: for this. That's right. Yes, that's right.
1: And as far as Moon Knight, I really enjoyed it. Like, uh, It felt like the first couple episodes took a little while to find their footing, but the writing was good, the pacing was good, the combat was good, and obviously Mortal Kombat is heavily influenced by fighting, so hopefully we're going to (laughs) get a lot of cool choreography <clears throat> in Mortal Kombat Part 2 or Chapter 2 or Number 2 or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get some cool banger, banger lines again, like, uh, you know, he's about to get his soul sucked or something <laughs> like that. Like, I'm hoping we get some just 90s cheese. Hopefully, we get a toasty in here or something, but yeah. I'm very curious to see what they do with this. But just make it around a goddamn tournament, please, instead of this weird offshoot. And I don't care if the the MMA guy... That they sort of base the first movie on, whose name now escapes me because he just was such a boring character. Oh, yeah. I don't care if they kill him off in the first five minutes. Maybe they open the tournament; and he gets done straight away. Like that would be such a cool, like hero moment for the cinema. I think where he just gets killed off immediately, and then they just jump into the tournament. I'm like, yes, let's go! Like, I just feel bad for the actor.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna he make he you the main a character
0: of Mortal Kombat. Yes. We're gonna kill you in the second one. Oh, yeah.
1: would not be sad about it. But uh, yeah, we'll hear more about this, I guess, in the coming months. Mm. I'm assuming this movie is looking like a you know a 2024 release ish somewhere, give or take, maybe. But uh, we'll see. We'll see who returns from the from the original. Hopefully, we get uh, some some more sub zero action uh, because the sub zero scorpion rivalry and storytelling in that movie is the best part of the whole movie, in my yeah. opinion. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2 when it uh, hits screens both big and small in the coming years. Mm. Alright, so jumping into the next bit of news, I sort of alluded to it earlier in the episode. So Xbox has officially announced this week that it will be the first platform to get Discord voice chat. This is going to allow both the Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One consoles to chat directly with anyone on Discord via voice channels or group calls. At present, this is just available for Xbox Insiders, and will be available for everyone else sometime soon. So, stupid me, I thought I was an Xbox Insider, and I spent about an hour trying to set this up yesterday, and I realised that either my Xbox Insider card has been revoked, or I just never was, and I was just living a lie <laughs> because I couldn't find any of the settings that uh, all the Xbox, you know, quick guides and said were referencing. So I got very frustrated. So right now I can't test this out to see how it works, but the short version with this, it's not as smooth as like there's a native Discord app on your Xbox console and you click it and away you go. You actually have to have the Xbox app and the Discord app on your smartphone and you need to sort of log into both of those with a QR code and bridge the call between the app to make it work on the Xbox console itself. So you're not using your phone as like a microphone or anything like that. This is just a a, a bridge point to connect the the core between to have that little digital handshake and then you'll be able to chat through the party chat on your Xbox. So it's not as smooth as click and go. Maybe that will change with the full release, but... Yeah, it's, it's a couple of step process, but right now, unless you're an insider, you can't do it. So I was excited when it got announced because <laughs> I was complaining about the Apex stuff just before. Yeah. Then I tried to do it, couldn't do it, got upset again. So, uh, But this is cool. We've been talking about this for a while because obviously Xbox and PlayStation has, in air quotes, Discord support. But all that means is if you're on Discord, you can see that... Uh, Ali's playing something on Xbox right now, or Brendan's playing something on PlayStation. That was the level of integration that it had. Yeah, but now you can actually have uh, voice chat through Xbox, so it's it's a good get.
0: Yeah, I like it's a good get. Uh, I it, it, I still am not really seeing the benefits too much of it. Like I understand some people needing it, but me myself, I don't really see it being necessary too much right now. Um, I don't really see me playing. Like, like, I play PC and, you know, you mostly have played things on Xbox. So when we play things together, it really hasn't been too much of an issue. Obviously, if there was something on PC and PlayStation or something, etc., there would be hiccups. But, yeah, and then to see that it's kind of an interesting way to access it, this whole mm-hmm. kind of use your phone and cross connect so then you can connect to your xbox it's a bit finicky so i'm not gonna poo poo it because people need it but you know let's count how many times i say poo this episode
1: i reckon about half a dozen so far
0: yeah count me in everyone um so (laughs) but either way like i i just hope it's like the start and then they're gonna obviously keep working on it a little bit more because it's it's still finicky. And obviously, you have to be a cool insider. You need to have the uh, membership card, you know, mm-hmm. that you apparently don't have or something.
1: I do not, yeah. I, I bleed green and apparently I'm not uh, cool enough to be an insider. But shout out to those people that are utilizing and embracing the Discord integration there. But yeah, as you said, Ms. Hart, I'm, I'm hoping... Maybe the full release we'll see or a future release we'll see that this Discord integration will just be native through mm. the through the console itself so you don't have to do this weird app-based integration and handshake. But it's still cool because this is something we've spoken of on and off for the last couple of years where there was a room, obviously, Discord was potentially going to be acquired for a hot minute there and all that kind of stuff. But this is, this is a step in the right direction because, uh, yeah, it's crossplay is is becoming the norm so having a a universal uh voice chat program to to be able to do that in is a good start point because yeah native party chat in some games be crappy like yeah. Apex. <laughs> other crappy news uh this week we've had a a lot of uh, negative stuff coming out from Ubisoft regarding future games and un- yet unannounced games. And uh, yes, yeah, so not only is Ubisoft delaying Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, not sure if anyone in the world is uh, too upset about that one. Uh, not sure if many people in the world are too excited about Avatar in general anymore. I certainly am not one. But uh, that's been delayed. They've also said that they've delayed an as-yet-unannounced game, but they've also flat-out cancelled four titles in an attempt to cut costs and focus on its bigger mainline games, such as Assassin's Creed and uh, Watch Dogs and things like that. Among those cancelled games are both Ghost Recon Frontline and Splinter Cell VR. So Ghost Recon Frontline was their free-to-play, like, Battle Royale they were working on. Remember they announced yeah. this thing a couple of years ago and they were going to bring a heap of Ghost Recon and broader Ubisoft characters into to battle. That's yeah. been given the snip. And Splinter Cell VR has also been chopped. And two other games that they have not yet announced they were working on in the shadows have also been cancelled. <laughs> no, so uh, Ubisoft cutting costs left and right. And, uh, yeah, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora delayed. Do you care about Avatar? I no, do not.
0: No, I I had the misfortune of working in a JB Hi-Fi at the Avatar hype. So, womp <laughs> womp. I hate womp, those womp, blue
1: dudes. And like you, you were at the cinemas recently when you were watching yes. <clears throat> the Black Phone. Did they show the trailer for Avatar in the lead up to watching that movie? Or no? I've
0: I know I've seen that trailer, but I can't remember if it was for the Black Phone or if it was at um Thor.
1: Okay. Because it it is one of the shittest trailers I've ever like. There's no, there's next to no audio in it. There's, there's like one line said.
0: There's something in the trailer, and I don't know if this is spoilers, to anyone, so cover your ears. Are they implying that the human dude in the Navi form
1: bonked? had a human kid? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, did they did they bonk and they made like a mix thing? Like, I think I don't so, know. That's cause... the only that's the only thing that has sold me to watch this movie.
1: Yeah, I, I want to see him stick Let me those, see them genetics. those crazy sex tales together again and make <laughs> humanoid kids. I don't know, but the trailer does, like, it looks pretty. Like, aesthetically, it's stunning. But, like, there's no communication outside of, I think, yeah, um, what's, what's his name? Sam Worthington's character. That's his in, name. In the, in the, in the movie, like at the end, he's like something about, you know, we got to defend our home or some bullshit like that. And that's like the only line in the whole trailer. The rest of it's just visual set pieces and it just does not sell me. And this movie's coming out in like four months, four and a half months, and I could not care less.
0: Me either. I like, yeah, I have absolutely no interest. Like I said, like I only know... What I know from um, having Avatar play on all the display TVs in JB Hi-Fi, so I know that movie from five-second clips or whatever I witnessed <laughs> standing near a TV, mm-hmm. essentially. So
1: it's yeah. pretty funky because remember, like this this movie was like the the driving force behind the the home or even just cinema-based 3D hype. Like this was the movie that sold people and there was the big rush on 3D well, TVs and the glasses and everything. And then that's all just faded away as Avatar has yeah, taken like a decade DVD, and a half to come
0: out. 3D Blu-rays. Like yeah. it, it was the forefront of that. And by golly, did I hate stocking shelves with Blu-rays and 3D Blu-rays. Um, but it was also, it held the um, biggest like financial success, right? Like it took over tight... Titanic, or Titanic and
1: or? yeah. I, I think it's sitting, it's still in that top five because I think some of the like Spider Man and things, yeah, have something now since is superseded sneaking it. up.
0: Yeah, something kind of is sneaking yeah. up to it. But like that, that was the other thing about it was that it was so successful that it all, like knocked Titanic off. But yeah, yeah.
1: I mm, no, I do still remember watching it at the cinemas and being blown away by it in three D. Like I thought it was a cool experience, but yeah, that coolness has just floated away as time has just moved past us because this movie came out like a decade plus ago and now we've got like i can't remember if he said he's got three or five avatar movies planned in total it's like, so it's these like movies are going to come I out think. forever it's
0: it's pretty bad yeah just because something's in 3d and it's kind of wows you doesn't mean it's a great movie i saw beowulf in uh, imax 3d and it was all right <laughs> But doesn't mean there's only good. Only good movie. thing
1: about that is sexy, shiny monster Angelina Jolie. Yeah,
0: I got to see like shiny, golden Angel- Angelina Jolie tits in 3D and IMAX, which is just an experience in itself. So mm,
1: that would have been very big on that screen. But anyway, but uh, yeah, we've got Avatar for years to come. We've got a delayed game coming from Ubisoft eventually, and, and then two that we
0: don't know about. Yeah, but like James, never going Cameron- to me.
1: Just go back to making cool science fiction movies. Well, I know this is science fiction, but like cool, more adult science fiction movies. Jump back into the alien chair. Jump back into the Terminator chair.
0: Don't bother. Don't bother. Leave them alone. Give them to someone else.
1: Uh, I'd like to see what he could do. (laughs) Sequel to Aliens. Make, Make a standalone Colonial Marines movie. Let's go. Anyway, moving on. Next bit of news. Detroit Become Human is getting a manga adaptation in Japan with a story set in Tokyo at the same time period as the original game. As reported earlier this week by Famitsu, Detroit Become Human Tokyo Stories is being written by Sarah Watari Kazami and drawn by Moto Sumida. The story follows an android idol known as Reina, and like the game before it, explores what happens when these robots gain independent thoughts and feelings. Unlike Detroit Become Human, however, Tokyo Stories focuses on a smoother integration of androids as Reynad becomes incredibly popular. The piece isn't to last, of course, disrupted by a rogue android that gains sentience. So, I will read this. I really enjoyed Detroit Become Humans and this sounds like it could be pretty funky.
0: Yeah. And like, I, I would love to see um more of this story kind of told from a different angle and obviously from a, a, a different environment and a cultural setting. Um, like it's just going to be a manga. So, you know, it might be I'm curious to see how accessible they're going to make this one. Um, but it's also interesting to see that like um, the story was appreciated so much that someone wanted to adapt and make their own interpretation or attach to the story. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I think it's pretty interesting. I'd like to see if there would be any other games out there that maybe um, they'd like to turn into a manga.
1: Mm. And if this manga does well, do we then get an eventual anime adaptation? So
0: Yeah, true, you true, know. true.
1: The, the stars could align in that regard. But yeah, Detroit Become Human was great. I'm going to pick this up. I need to find out when it's available for pre-order or how far into the, the writing process and the drawing process this has uh, gotten down so far. But yeah, Tokyo Story sounds like it could be uh, could be a very interesting read because I love that whole AI, what does it mean to become human, sentient robots and stuff like that. It's, it's a whole cool little sort of corner of science fiction that uh, I am such a big fan of. So yeah. Uh, yeah, keen to keen to see more in the coming months or years. I don't know the timeline of, uh, of this manga, but uh, yeah, Detroit Become Human, Tokyo Stories. Keep that on your radar. Hmm. All right, the next bit of news I've titled Spill Some Blood, Get Some Diablo. So Blizzard is giving away beta access to Diablo 4 as well as a digital copy of the game for free. The price, a permanent place on your skin. Talk about branding in every sense of the word. Blizzard's Diablo Hells Inc. takeover began in Los Angeles this past Saturday and will continue until the 10th of September. During this time, fans can get a free Diablo tattoo while also nabbing their beta access and digital copy of the game in the process. The campaign will hit eight cities in total across North America, Europe and Australia with each pop-up opening for one day only. A competition ran in June which gave fans the chance to win a custom Diablo tattoo but anyone who missed out on one of those can still get involved during the walk-ins. Predesigned Diablo 4 tattoos will be available on a first-come, first-served basis and anyone who offers their flesh as tribute will receive said digital awards. So Miss Hart, would you give up some skin to get a beta and a full version of Diablo 4 would you uh depend I guess depending on the piece that you yeah get. like but would you be open to it
0: I don't know I'm so particular about like tattoos placements and like keeping everything you know uniform so for me I probably wouldn't like if, if the, unless the design was just amazing like if it was this incredible design I might would like maybe consider it but no this is some this is some interesting uh advertisement marketing uh choices here i get it like it's diablo flesh tributes give up some skin like i i get it but it's it's interesting it's interesting
1: but i i wouldn't I, do it i'm gonna look in to see where like if this pop-ups in melbourne I'm gonna do it for shits and giggles because yeah. I've got so many shitty tattoos already. What's another one? So uh, you know what? You do if have it some can make for a good ones. story, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if this is happening in Melbourne, as far as uh, this this Blizzard giveaway in conjunction with Diablo Four, I will make some time to get down there and try and get a custom Diablo tattoo so I can get beta access and a full version of the game. So I'm going to gonna have a look at this after we record just to see when and where it's happening. Melbourne-based, for sure, but I'm not going to travel into state otherwise because no. you know, that's that's a cost I do not want to factor in. Yeah. Maybe another game
0: I'd consider, but yeah
1: what okay that's a question for you what game would you get a tattoo for
0: i mean probably destiny like it's something that like diablo i i enjoy diablo i love diablo you've got but, it on everything yes 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 i realise that like see they don't need my blood they've got my money um <laughs> but like destiny would probably be the one and it would still fall down to what the design would be but like i i'd be okay with the destiny tattoo because destiny pretty big in my life. So, yeah.
1: Like a little ghost?
0: Like a little ghost. Or like, I ha- actually have considered getting um, the, um, the Hunter symbol, which is, it's mm. very, it's very subtle. It doesn't like stand out. It's just like the little, like the three kind of almost like triangular, like symbol, but it, it'd be tastefully done and it would work. So I've often considered that like in, in mm. regards to getting video game tattoos. Um, but yeah. What about you? Was there? Would there be... Like, would you get a horizon?
1: I would. I would. I'd, I would. Um, I, <laughs> I nearly got a Resident Evil chest piece back in the day. Wow. Um, and the tattooist was designing this thing up. And then I can't remember if, if like, he moved away or got sick. What, something like that where, like, the communication was there. I saw the initial mock-ups and sketches and mm-hmm. I was so keen. And then... Yeah, I think he moved away. Like, I think he moved overseas to tattoo or something. So then the conversation just, like, <laughs> stopped dead there. So it never got done. So uh, I'm kind of happy it didn't get done because having a whole chess piece dedicated to Resident Evil would have been a thing. But I'd get, like, a little Resident Evil umbrella or I'd get, uh, yeah, something to do with Horizon, whether it be a little focus or a little little sort of uh, dinosaur or even just, like, a little chibi uh Aloy or something like that i'd certainly get some oh like something from mass effect maybe like commander shepherd's helmet or something i don't know they'd, they'd be the main three that i'd i'd certainly give a crack or a think about as far as getting it uh permanently inked onto my skin
0: yeah listeners if you have like a video game tattoo um let us know on the socials we're a bit yeah. or just yeah. tag me and, and brendan
1: yeah, we'll, we'll chuck a little little post up and, and get some feedback because that'll be a fun thing to talk about. Like, yeah, what what have you already gotten? Why? Or what would you get? Like, what's yeah. the game that would make you get it, uh, you know, that you love or care about that much to get it permanently marked on your skin? So, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be fun to discuss. Something else that's fun to discuss. I've titled this one, and apologies in advance. This was written late last night, so my wordplay <sighs> is not the best. But I called it Indie Aussie Jones and the funding of Boom. Yeah, that's pretty fucking bad. Sorry. So this week, Screen Australia, along with the Minister of the Arts, the Honourable Tony Burke MP, has announced that the Games Expansion Pack Fund will donate Australian $4 million or $2.7 million US to indie games creators here in Australia. Mm. The government funding organisation announced the program back in March and said that it will commit up to $6 million across two years to support game developers And then there's a quote from Burke that reads as follows. The Australian government is committed to supporting the Australian digital games sector to create, innovate, and flourish and achieve its full potential. End quote. The fund aims to support small to mid-sized studios with a budget of under AU 500,000 for their games. Some of the games receiving support includes a Halloween Valentine by Things for Humans, Enchantress by Cactus Jam Games Proprietary Limited, and The Master's Pupil by Pat Norm Games Proprietary Limited. Also wanted to shout out The Indigo Initiative by Caustic Reality. And uh, our boy John Peck is actually the game. He's writing The Indigo Initiative in parallel with Caustic Reality there. So that is a fantastic, fantastic get by our boy JP. Obviously, uh, Caustic Reality were the indie game developer behind Infliction. That first-person horror game that came out a couple of years ago. So, uh, shout out to Clint as well as Jono there for, uh, getting a bit of that cheddar from the Honourable Tony Burke there. So, uh, this is great. Additionally, it was also announced that Amelia Lawton had joined Screen Australia as its games investment manager. Since joining the games industry in 2017, she has worked with Tin Man Games, Stoneman Studio, and Nintendo Australia. So... This is awesome to see. Obviously, the games industry is a multi, multi, multi multi-billion dollar giant year over year. It's, uh, you know, pound for pound, uh, generates more funds than the film industry. So it's nice to see uh, governments getting behind this this industry, this gaming sector, and throwing some money at it. And $4 million is a great amount of cash to be distributing amongst the studios to help Make their dreams become reality and make these games become something that we'll all be playing over the coming years. So awesome news!
0: Yeah, hell yeah! Like we have little studios right now, as in the past year, who have had their games acknowledged and won you know won awards and received like acknowledgements from you know big award shows. Like um, we had unpacking, I believe, winning a BAFTA, and you mm-hmm. um, won a BAFTA. As well as the awful escape winning a uh, BAFTA as well, so um, two incredible games developed in Australia by indie indie studios or indie uh, developers, and like people are put uh, people in Australia are putting their games out there. They're in- making incredible things, and um, it's good to see that the government's involvement in kind of pushing pushing this initiative in getting Australia on the map in the gaming scene. Um, Obviously, uh, these little indie studios are doing it by themselves and, you know, doing what they're doing, but having uh, funding now through the government is another great incentive to keep working on it and really um, putting our names out there. 100%.
1: Like, um, yeah, the, the Aussie game development scene's in a bit of rare air at the moment as well, like outside of the Artful Escape and unpacking, we also saw... Untitled Goose Game blow up a couple of years ago and something that happened in the last last month or so, I don't know if you saw this one, where Acme in Melbourne, the powerhouse in Sydney and the National Film and Sound Archive in Canberra have reached out to House House and they're acquiring assets from the game so they can preserve this game and have it on display wow. in three of the largest sort of art-based institutions in Australia and the Southern Hemisphere for now until forever. So uh, they're, they're acknowledging the success and just that global blow-up of what Untitled Goose Game had a couple of years ago and, you know, winning Game of the Year awards all over the world. And now it's going to be immortalized in, yeah, these these institutions that are not only Australian-known but, you know, globally renowned. So it's really cool to see these smaller indie studios just sort of cracking into the mainstream and, and getting getting what they deserved.
0: Exactly. And even... um. Even studio uh, True Crime games, who um, worked on Eastern Market Murder, exactly. Yeah, Um, they've seen a lot of um, acknowledgement through governments, uh, through the government, and like uh, an aspect of incorporating. Uh, the AR technology and educating um, educating people through like museums and such like that. So they've been getting those kind of acknowledgements as well. So um, it's just good seeing studios get acknowledged and getting that push in, in into more investment, more time, and putting the, the the hard work and the product that they're working on out there to to everybody essentially.
1: Totally agree, and and it's great to see this type of news and focus on the games industry instead of the bullshit spin you get from America so much where it's, you know, video games instill violence and negative tendencies into people because of shooting and all this nonsense. So it's nice to actually see other governments around the world go, you know what, we're just going to appreciate this art and also honor and do what we can to acknowledge the greatness that is uh, getting created out there. So uh, yeah, hat tip to all those studios that that are getting involved and getting some of that cash from the games expansion pack, but also just... Hat tip to them indie devs in general, just doing it on their own time, doing it off their own back, and uh, taking a chance. Because uh, you love to see it when they when they have those uh, successes that uh, they're hoping and aspiring to achieve. But you know, it's it's a very small percentage that get blown into the stratosphere. But when you see it happen, it's it's really touching and uh, good hero moment, a good fist pump, I reckon. Yeah. And the last bit of news we wanted to cover on, uh, we've just had the D&D Honor Among Thieves trailer officially revealed over the past 24 hours. So uh, D&D, or Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, the upcoming live-action movie, revealed its first trailer this past week as part of San Diego Comic-Con 2022. The trailer shows off a lot of traditional elements of Dungeons & Dragons paired with the comedic tone the movie is going for. The footage showed a ragtag group of misfits led by Chris Pine's character who are going on a journey to search for a relic. According to the trailer's voiceover, the characters have accidentally unleashed the greatest evil the world has ever seen and have to work together to fix it. So, Miss Hart, we had a little chat about this before we uh, hit record. I'm excited for this. It feels quirky and whimsical and like completely different style or like universe but it felt like this is going to be like a mummy style viewing to me like similar tone to the mummy is what i'm feeling like different universes completely different characters but i was trying to think of what i could comp it to and what i was feeling seeing chris pratt and not chris pratt chris pine yeah. and all these other actors doing their thing on screen it looked fun like right. yeah. too many chrises too many chrises in hollywood <laughs> there are a lot. but this looked fun, and I thought it's going to be a good representation of D&D and Hugh Grant as the primary antagonist. Let's go. Love me some Hugh Grant. Just stay out of cars in car parks with uh, strippers, uh, or oh, escorts, I should say, but uh, you do you, Hugh. You do you, Hugh.
0: I don't know, man. This like I watched the trailer, and while I really appreciate there being a lot of nods to things within the DVD universe. There's other things in there that like kind of just really cheesed it up. Like I know you refer to like the mummy movies and I guess that's, I guess that's fair. I guess that's actually fair, but I, since I hold it so like wholesomely in my heart that those movies were good, it's, I don't want to compare it to what I witnessed in the trailer. Um, There's just some casting choices in there that I, I don't know if I'm absolutely sold on. (laughs)
1: You're not. You're not for uh, Michelle Rodriguez is playing no. like the the warrior. I I assume by her archetype in the in the trailer.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't think I'm about that. I don't know, like I like she's obviously going to play like some kind of like barbarian or um you know some kind of fighter like that. But I, I just don't see her selling selling the role or being able to be taken seriously amongst other talented cast um i like chris pine know um, so why
1: he's he's a very magnetic cat like actor like he's he's good in everything he does just about
0: yeah he's in my uh uh favorite one of my favorite movies smoke and aces not doesn't play yeah. a good character like not a nice character in it but it was quirky enough <laughs> it. um but yeah i don't know like um there's just like too many like goofy weird cheesy stuff in the trailer that kind of makes me groan a little bit which i guess makes me a poo um and we also ding, see ding, ding. yeah to count that one uh we also see justice um justice smith from the quarry yep. yeah playing like a and, and he's playing like, like
1: a mage a like ma- an elven yeah, mage or something like, like that
0: druid or like a cleric or a wizard it could be anything um mm. So, actually, no, it looks like the um, female with the red hair might be a cleric um, or a druid. It's because she's shifting shifting into animals. No, she she kind of shifted into a creature. Um, But either way, I'll keep it on my radar, just purely based on my interest in D&D. Benny, who's a big fan of D&D, he seemed like he was all right on it like it seemed to catch his interest as well so maybe i just need to be a little bit open-minded and give it give it time
1: yeah like it looks it looks fun and obviously the trailer for, for especially a debut trailer they just want to try and cram as much yeah pop and hype in it as they can so i guess leaning into the cheese and throwing as many tropes and characters and D references in as they can will hopefully impact D &D purists in a positive light but then also with you i guess it sounded like it sort of like the trailer felt a little forced for yourself where they were just like throwing as much in as they could
0: yeah yeah i would say that they it definitely felt like a little bit forced but then in the same way like it just felt too cheesy at the same time like it just like it also wasn't like taking itself seriously. Like I, I, didn't know what the angle was. It's probably going to be family fun and all that kind of jazz. So, I'd probably be more looking forward to something a bit more serious.
1: Yeah, I, I think yeah, the tone they certainly want to make it as accessible as possible. So yeah. it'll be a bit more uh in the lighter, lighter vein and just give me, give me anything fantasy. I'm, I'm usually in straight off the bat, and this, this looked funny like i'm i'm not a D;D purist but i know bits and pieces so there was some references i got where i'm like hey lean out at a style on the couch but <laughs> yeah i'm i'm keen keen to give this a look the movie's coming out next year and uh yeah the the trailer didn't look too bad the special effects looked interesting the comedic tone i didn't mind and as i said lazy or just first knee-jerk comp that i had was i was just thinking it's it's the mummy Imagine the mummy's tone and, and stylings in the D and D world, and that's what uh, that's what this film potentially could be. But uh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves coming soon to the big screen. Miss um, Hart, that brings us to the end of the news. I guess we can jump on over to this. Sweet of the week. This comes via at Four Guys Game. And the tweet reads as follows. Quite the Kaiju collection. Godzilla, Godzilla 1995, Mothra, and King Ghidorah are now available in the Fall Guys store. There's also a cheeky nameplate nickname. So, uh, yeah, Fall Guys doing the Godzilla collab. If you wanted to get any Godzilla or broader monster-based skins, now mm-hmm. is the time to do it for your little beans. Log <laughs> on into Four Fall Guys Get It Done. Obviously, it is free-to-play cross platform so you can uh, get these skins on whichever platform you choose then you can jump on in and play with everybody else are you uh, you getting in on the uh, the kaiju collection
0: yeah i i think it's cute i'll have to see though exactly what they're asking for it because um, they might be asking for their new uh, in-game currency that can cost a pretty penny so i'll have to i'll have to check in and see how you acquire it but it's it's actually kind of cute um for any like kaiju fans um, just having like Mothra there, um, it, it's, it's pretty adorable. So I, mm-hmm. I'm going to load in and see what, what they've got on offer. Um, but yeah, Kaiju up those beans.
1: So great. So, <laughs> so great. But um, if you wanted to also maybe pivot and you're not interested in some Godzilla-based skins, that's okay because we got you covered. New releases and events. Uh, first one, as far as podcasts that have been out or are coming out, uh, apologies, but we missed the announcement that uh, the latest Comedy Rewind has dropped this past week, and that uh, covers Rush Hour Part 2 with Australia's John O'Peck and uh, our good friend from across the pond, Logan at Lefty Loggy on Twitter. Check that out. As far as new TV dropping this coming week, the 26th season of Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives wow. comes out.
0: 26
1: seasons, Miss Hart. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Shout out to Guy Fieri and uh, his Flavortown awesomeness. The next one, Gordon Ramsay's Next Level Chef, the first season drops this week. And also, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under oh. Season 2 drops as
0: well. Is your Gordon Ramsay's Next Level Chef, is that an Australian one? Or, I
1: think it's the American one. I think. Maybe oh, we're then watch out because
0: that that's finished. So don't look up anything about it. You'll see who wins. <laughs> okay. That finished months ago. <laughs> okay. So, just so you yeah. know. Yeah. And no, anyone I think else We're out just there. getting the
1: American cut. Mm. Uh, As far as movies, Murder Party and The Forgiven are coming to the big screen. And games that are dropping this week, whether they be uh, new platform versions or just completely new releases, Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town*, Octopath Traveler, Champions of the Continent. So that's the mobile version of Octopath Traveler. Bear and Breakfast, Lost Epic, Digimon Survive and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 all dropping this next week. You getting in on Bear and Breakfast?
0: Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah! I I found this game adorable from the first time I saw it, so I've been looking forward to seeing this one drop. So that's gonna be on the radar for July twenty eighth.
1: Heckin' yeah, heckin' yeah! But uh, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG two ninety three. Anything you wanted to shout out before we look at shutting down the studio for another week?
0: Uh, I I wasn't gonna say this until I finished it, but I'm gonna just drop this right at the end. I started watching The Boys. See you later, everyone. <laughs>
1: we will have to talk about this offline because I have so many questions now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to dive into it. We haven't finished season one, but I thought I'd just like throw that little stinger in there right at the end. I
1: like that you just snuck that in at the very end, just slid it under the carpet there. And uh, yeah, we're all none the wiser. But uh, yeah, next week, episode 294, we're going to be doing things a little different. We're going to be bringing on a special guest for the episode and we're going to be sort of unpacking The year that's been so far, almost like a pseudo Christmas in July, Uh, we're sort of still finalising the framework, but we're going to be covering off sort of our favourite things from twenty twenty two up until now, and then also some things we're looking forward to for the rest of the year. So it's gonna be a little different than the usual sort of uh news and reviews that we we, we sort of tackle here on THG, but it's gonna be fun, a little little sort of mid mid uh mid-year pivot, and uh excited to have a special guest on to uh be giving us their insights too. So yeah. uh, that'll be episode two ninety-four. But Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of episode two ninety-three. I think it's time to get on out of here, Bit Nation. I can't believe you snuck the boys in like that, just so casually, and then Mike dropped it.
0: Only rewarding those who listen till the end.
1: Shout out to Billy Butcher, though. Carl Urban, you're an absolute delight. We love you. Watch Dread. Please do. It's the best.